Hi everyone, my name is Ramella. And my name is Jeanette. Today we are here with a new guest, Andrea Windhausen, who is the Senior Community Manager at Biomed Realty. Today, we welcome you back for season two with the stances and perspectives of the business community in our two blocks conversation. As always, we will be addressing our through line question, can and should corporate entities play a greater role in our education? So how are you, Andrea? Thank you so much for joining us. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Very excited. So just to start off, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you got to your role as Senior Community Manager at Biomed. Yeah, I guess I'll start with the fact that Biomed Realty is a leading provider, owner, and operator of real estate solutions to the life science and technology industries. Prior to my role at Biomed, I used to work at City Sprouts, which is a school garden program throughout Cambridge and Boston public schools. And I've been in Boston for maybe 10 years now. And now I think I find most of my time chasing a busy two-year-old on the weekend. <laughs> um, but then as you know, senior community manager at Biomed, I wear a lot of different hats in my day-to-day -day life. Um, it's my responsibility to bridge the gap between the company and the communities in which we operate and serve. And I sit on our development team. So I it kind of it gives me this opportunity to ensure that voices are heard throughout the development process through entitlements, that city permitting phase, as well as design. And then once a building is up and running, uh, sometimes this looks like a ground up building. And then other times it might be a lab conversion to an existing building within Cambridge, for example. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you thank for, you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. It seems like you do have a lot of responsibilities. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here, first of all. And we just wanted to continue the conversation a bit further by asking you to tell us a bit more about Biomed Realty and specifically about the role you play within Cambridge and Kendall Square. So I am Biomed Realty's first ever community manager. Uh, it was a new role when I started. So it's definitely been this evolution and growth from myself in the position, as well as just the company and that mentality to begin with. Um, but I think I came on specifically for our 585 Kendall project. Um, which is a planned 16-story lab and office building, but it will also include a nearly 500-seat theater, um, as well as all of those, say, back-of-house spaces to make that successful, as well as a ground-floor public commons that is a multi-purpose space that has an amphitheater, indoor winter garden, and lots of flexible, you know, seating to create a space where everyone is welcome um, and there's no purchase required to say enter and just exist in that space. Um, so that was kind of where I came on board for that project specifically. And I think when we embarked on that permitting journey, um, you know, it could have been a very check the box approach, um, but we we took it a little deeper. Um, and admittedly, I don't think from the get go, we knew how deep it was going to go. But once we started having conversations with the arts community and the residents in Cambridge, but, you know, really thinking about that East Cambridge community um, and the port, you know, um, it just, it took a life of its own. Um, we 
had a lot of community feedback on the design of the space and what that needed to look like so that people would feel comfortable coming, um, as well as creating a new nonprofit to run the space. Uh, so we partnered with Global Arts Live and we created a new nonprofit, 585 Arts, that will be operating all of this. Um, but then another interesting note that I would add is that, you know, we this was happening a lot of mid-pandemic. Uh, so we were talking to so many great organizations within Cambridge about this project that was going to come on in, say, the year 2026. But people needed help now, you know? So we had to kind of pivot and start to think, how can we work collectively together today to help some of these needs? And that was where we started donating, <clears throat> excuse me, donating vacant retail space um, to arts organizations in need. Um, and we developed a lot of really nice relationships. And it was interesting to, you know, Kendall Square is famous for that bump into effect. But we started creating that with some arts organizations on our site in Canal District, Kendall. Um, so I don't know, it was just, it turned into much more of a journey than we were expecting um, to kind of work through, say, that permitting. Um, you know, we needed community support for that, but then how we could just take it a little step further, if that makes sense. For sure. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And I think that's a good segue into our next question. But I do want to touch base a little bit more in, in acknowledging that specifically the life science field has been transfor transformative both literally and metaphorically over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So it's really amazing to hear that not only are you guys doing amazing work within it, but also providing spaces for new startups and new organizations and businesses to really flourish and call Kendall Square their home. And that's something we definitely want to like capitalize on and talk more about um, because Kendall Square is this exclusive place that is the most innovative square mile on the planet. But we really want to know how are you specifically at Biomed Realty and Biomed Realty as a whole engaging with the community? And what are some of your social obligations in making sure that not only is Candle Square inclusive space, but it has all walks of life present within it? So I consider myself an advocate for the community, um, especially within Biomed Realty. Um, granted, we are in a process of a culture shift. I mean, we've been in a culture shift for a while now. Um, but just ensuring that those local voices are heard. Um, I mean, it's our duty. You know, we're in the business of space and creating space. Um, it's our duty to have the voices that are in that community reflected through that process. Um, and with that said, I think that should happen through authentic relationships too. Um, we, while we do support you know, the Cambridge community with, say, sponsorship checks and whatnot, you know, it can be so much more than that. And I think that's where our space donation kind of plan evolved and blossomed into something more than just giving out money within the community. Mm -hmm. um, admittedly, we have been very focused on the arts community and just the arts realm um, because of this 585 Kendall project. But we are, with two blocks in mind, we have been starting to, you know, branch out more into that education and workforce um, realm. We are at the start 
of that. Um, but we are, I mean, we're motivated thanks to you. Um, we are working with, um, Nina and the city, um, this summer for the second year, um, for part of, you know, steam, um, internship opportunities this summer. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg for what we hope to accomplish in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it seems like biomed and yourself have been doing so much work surrounding this issue. And I think that you hit it right on the nail when you started talking about the idea of advocacy and making sure that we're reflecting the voices of the community and the decisions that are being made. Because at the moment, we're really noticing that these like higher up kind of like corporations or groups sometimes are not considering the voices of the community around them into a certain like effect. And we want to make sure that we're able to give these smaller groups an opportunity to speak up and have their voices impact the decision that's being made. So like you said, the work that you're doing with the arts is amazing. And I think that being able to contribute to a group that's much smaller within the scope of Kendall, at least, is really you're making such a great impact within that um, arts area, but also with the community as a whole. So starting is really the first step. And I think you guys did that really well. Yeah, I think to add on to, I think, again, to Hermela's point, starting and having that stepping stone is really important because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time with these issues, such as education, which is such a systemic and prominent issue within our community and overall society, it's important to just start somewhere. So I'm glad that to hear that Biomed is taking that initiative and taking that under its wing and just starting somewhere. And again, all change is progressive. It doesn't need to be something that happens overnight and is something amazing. Those little things and those, like you said, partnering with Nina and the workforce office and those team internships, those are very small steps, but they're big, have a really big impact in a student's life and the way that they reach and interact with others around them. So I think very, very amazing to hear and props to Biomed for taking that initiative on. I think another comment that I would bring is making sure that those relationships are not transactional. I think when we talk about businesses, that's the mindset that we approach these issues is like you said, like sponsorship or we'll provide money for like coding classes. There's like a plethora of various like of this checking the box and transactional like interactions with people that we want to move away from. Because I think a lot of the time when we have these conversations, people automatically resort to the monetary like expense, like how can I help like money wise and things like that. And that's great. We're not saying that's not bad. That's not good. But I think that's not just the only step that you can take and you can do more than that. And I think taking into consideration that time is one of the most valuable resources, opening up your spaces, opening up your like buildings and things like that, even though they may be very small and may not have just as a bit, just as an impact as money does, but they're still doing things to make a more inclusive and equitable surrounding for the community to come into Kendall Square, but also to understand that the Kendall Square community can come within the community as well. So that integration piece is really crucial. I mean, I also just think that, you know, community is such a, a bucket word. Um, exactly. But having these just like meaningful coffees and just lunches where there are people behind all of these groups and community groups um as well as organizational i mean there's just there's just a lot of wealth of information and amazingness um out there that if you just kind of get to know people um it really it's a lot it just it means a lot more than writing a check 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like exactly like you said. And to the point that you made, Jeanette, we want to make sure that the relationships that we're being able to build with these communities are not just like, you know, swiping the card and kind of moving on with our day. I think the question really becomes, how do we make this relationship meaningful and how do we create like a plausible impact, a possible um, impact on the people, on the community that we're trying to bring this change to and make sure that they're able to flourish with the resources we give them instead of, you know, just giving them something at one time and them not being able to kind of keep that momentum going, which is why we really need the support from the communities around us. You know, it's not just like one group that's able to do this. It's really like a whole, the entire city, as we like to say, that has the opportunity to do this, which is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think with that, we can segue into our next question. And this here, we kind of want to talk about the idea of Kendall Square, which is the most innovative square mile on the planet, being only two blocks away from the Port neighborhood in Cambridge. So through the work that you've done, we wanted to ask you, what differences have you noticed between the two communities of Kendall, which is a large commercial center and its surrounding Port neighborhood? And to add on, can you compare and contrast some of what you've seen? And how can we bridge the gap between these two neighborhoods and contribute to their mutual success? When you say that, the first thing that pops into my mind is one of our, say, first experiments with this space donation concept was with the Community Arts Center, which I am a huge fan of. Um, And we had given them some space here in Canal District Kendall. And we heard feedback after the fact that the students did not feel welcome. They felt like they were in a fishbowl on this ground floor retail space. They didn't enjoy walking from the community arts center over to our space. The stories just went on and on and on. And that was my first just aha moment of how, I mean, to your point, this is everything that you are working towards is that divide, there's such an invisible barrier um, that these students just walking two blocks over to this space where they were doing their own programming, we were completely stepped away from, they just felt uncomfortable being there. Um, So, you know, we've continued to, for example, you know, invite the Community Arts Center back in different capacities, just in an effort to slowly break that down. And I do see this, you know, our 585 Kendall project as a way for Cambridge students and residents just to kind of even have a stepping stone location in Kendall Square. You know, this particular project, especially the community spaces, won't necessarily have internships and job opportunities in that particular space. Not to say the tower, the office and lab up above won't, but... um, just a way for people to start coming into Kendall and just being in Kendall is just going to slowly with time and, you know, community efforts and motivation kind of just break down those barriers. Um, And that's one thing that makes me just excited about what the future holds. Um, yeah, definitely. No, no, for sure. And I think that's a really interesting point you bring up is the whole idea of integration, but without it being like artificial, you know, I think sometimes we want to open up these spaces and open up these doors, which is great. And we should continuously do that, but also be cautious on 
the surroundings and how people feel going into those spaces. Because historically speaking, those spaces have been so uninclusive and very restrictive to certain groups of peoples and population. It's interesting to come to those spaces and feel like you're welcome, but without being welcomed. And I think that's the that's what a lot of students, and again, we always talk about this, like how many students can walk through Kendall School and feel represented and heard and see reflections of themselves present. So that's the idea we're touching on is that like continuation and the constant effort, but not only that like, oh, come to visit our space and then that's it. You can go back to wherever you live or where, where what school you go to, but like making it something that's a repetitive process in the community is like, oh, I'm going to this event on like on the weekend, like something that's integrating into the day of day to day lives of students within their Cambridge livelihood, if you will. Um, and I think that's something that's really important in a lot of spaces. Again, we see this being a trend where when new spaces open up, we see a lot of like community, like effort in trying to bring them in and bring them, make them aware of the space. But then after that, like initial like interaction, it just dials down and like, you don't really see the community in those spaces or like, it's very restrictive and things like that. So I think we need to move away from that. And again, that's like one of those performative things of saying like, oh, we're bringing the community in, but how often are you doing that and to what capacity and what community are you bringing in? actually understanding the demographic of people. And I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. Um, And I mean, just in our particular example, um, you know, I think Vibe and Realty, we knew right off the bat that we should not be running and operating this community space that we say designed with, um, with, you know, community input and feedback. And that hence we created a new nonprofit to do that. Um, you know, we, we respect that we, we focus on life sciences, um, and technology sectors. We should not be representing and running a nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that comes back to the point of making sure that you're able to contribute by not dominating or overpowering the voices of the people who are being impacted. And that's kind of, something that we're noticing presently at the moment. And our whole concern is that we just want to make sure that these student groups, whether that like the school community, the educational sector as a whole is able to have their voice inputted into the decisions that are being made, you know, at this big table where we're having these discussions about integrating the business community and the school community together. I think that the work that you kind of did with these arts organizations and creating your own nonprofit kind of ties back to the ideas that we're trying to introduce through two blocks as well. Yeah. I think just like before we get into our next question, I think one thing that I always like I've been thinking about is Kendall Square is a well-oiled machine. It is working and it is producing amazing things. And Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have the title of the most innovative square mile on the planet if it wasn't doing or meeting that threshold of all those innovative things. But what's interesting is that although it's such an amazing space, we ought to obviously see systems that are working as something that are resilient to backlash. So when we are having these conversations and we are, when we are saying the community needs to be involved in Kendall Square and you need to have more advocacy for students and bringing them into your spaces, but also doing more, simply just doing more, it's almost like this like interruption to the cycle and to the system because it's working well for them, clearly, because they wouldn't be doing all these innovative things and these companies wouldn't be producing on this mass scale 
not only just innovative ideas, but innovative people and those byproducts of those things. So it's interesting that like the community is lacking from Kendall Square's like almost neglect of not being present, but Kendall Square is not being interfered or not like being affected by the community not being within its spaces. So it's this like dual-ended sword because we want Kendall Square to be present and we want to be present in Kendall Square, but Kendall Square seems too closed off at this moment in time. So we want to move away from that. Um, But yeah. (laughs) And Um, I think that's coming. I mean, you guys are doing such phenomenal work and just opening up eyes. And I mean, you're creating these, you know, internal champions within so many different companies within Kendall through just your, your education campaign. Um, that, I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like you're catapulting everyone forward. I mean, which I realize is your goal, but I mean, it's working, you're creating Thank internal you. champions and that's where it starts. Yeah. Thank we you. hope, we hope that we we're doing that. To do that. Yeah. Yeah, just like you said, Jeanette, like that dual-ended sword idea, both of these communities in reality are connected. And really what we want to do is make sure that both of these stakeholders are able to see that and understand that by being able to support each other, both can mutually benefit. And trying to make that known to the Kendall Square community as well as the school community is really our priority at the moment. So, yeah. I guess we're going to go back uh, almost a year back from from now where we are today. So I remember you attended our first annual two block summit, which is very exciting. And we actually this is just another promo for the podcast. But we recently have dialed in on our date for the second annual summit, which will be very exciting. So we'll send out more details with that to come. But we did want to ask you um that obviously Biomed Realty was in attendance at the meeting, which we were very thankful for. But what were some of your takeaways? And we were talking about specifically like stakeholders or the role of stakeholders in K through 12 education and how we can integrate Candle Square within CPSD. So we just want to know if you are able to recall and some of the major takeaways that you had from the presentation in the meeting overall. So I went back and looked through my notes um, (laughs) just to see like what I had pulled out from my past self. Mm. Um, And the word that I wrote the largest was accountability. Mm. And just the fact that we need to start setting goals and be transparent about these goals and then following through um, the definition of accountability. Um, And then, I mean, I suppose I might've already touched on it, but I had already written down about just the idea of culture shifts within companies. Um, That can be a slow journey sometimes, but not from a lack of interest. Um, And then the power of the internal champion. You just need one little seed in there and it really can spread. Um, Then, I mean, I don't know. I always leave our conversations really you know, excited and motivated. Um, and then I bring that back to, you know, my office. Um, and then it comes up in other meetings. Um, so yeah, like I said, it, it can be a slow process sometimes, unfortunately, but, um, you really do have the ball rolling. Thank you. I think you said accountability and how that was the biggest word you had. And I think that's something that in the almost third year going into two blocks now, 
accountability is something that we've seen as a repetitive through line through our work and wanting that that's our kind of driving factor is that commitment and accountability. We can say we can sit in a meeting for 10 hours and say all the things we want to do. But if you're not taking accountability for your situation and how you're situated within the problem, there's no work that's going to be done or nothing that's going to come out of it. And I think that's where we are in this roadblock in which we're struggling with is how do we make sure, and this is something that we've always pushed at the front, forefront of two blocks, is we don't want to make people feel that they're just the issue, but rather they're also a part of the solution. So we want to counter that by saying, okay, we understand that Maybe in the past, you haven't been as present in the community or haven't given back to the full capacity in which you can, but you still have time and you still have a chance and you are able to be a part of the solution and be a part of that culture shift, like you mentioned, in addressing two blocks, but addressing how we can just communicate, like become a community even more so. Because I think even now in our conversation, we're talking about Kendall Square and then like the port and the rest of Cambridge is like, Two and again, tale of mm-hmm. two cities. They're underneath one city. They're underneath one zip code, if I'm being geographically correct. But at the end of the day, we are one city. We are Cambridge. So we need to act like that. And we need to really walk our talk when it comes to that. Kemb- Kendall Square, as much as they may want to be their own separate entity, you're not, unfortunately. And you're a part of the Cambridge community. So we want to make sure that we can benefit from you all the most and you guys can benefit from us at the most. And I know it's a chicken and the egg situation. Exactly. They all, but, Definitely. you know, and I feel like if Kendall, the Kendall Square hires more Cambridge students and Cambridge residents, it naturally becomes one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not as many, say, folks that are coming in from other cities to work in, say, Kendall Square. Yeah. And I think what we're really trying to make sure happens is that there is kind of a system being built where Cambridge students can graduate and they can somehow, at maybe at the end of college, find their way back into the community in which they started in. And one of the big ways that we think about this is through like the Kendall Square path. And obviously there are others, but I think also what ties into this theme of accountability that we have going on is the idea that both of these communities have the incentive to put in the work. But at the moment, we don't think that the work that's being put in on both sides is really producing the outcomes that we want. So how do we make sure that with the idea of accountability, we're making sure that the work that we're putting in and that we want to push forward on both sides of the spectrum are actually producing the outcome that we wish it produces. And I think that's kind of like you said, Jeanette, where we're kind of stuck at is the idea that, yes, we're putting in the work, we're not seeing much. And sometimes it gives us like less willpower and we feel the need to give up. But how do we keep on going and make sure that we're able to champion through this is what I'd say. Yeah, I think that's a really like good piece. And and again, we always like to bring like honest, our honest and unfiltered opinions to this podcast. And we hope our guests also are doing the same. Um, I think for us, being students, we're at the flip side of the coin where we are doing this work and we're very thankful to be a part of Two Box and Innovators for Purpose as a whole. But at times it does become very like dragging, if you will, because we love being repetitive because we think that repet- like 
repetition is key for accountability. And on either end, that's again, another theme from the businesses, the more you're repetitive with things and, and initiatives, the more success you will see. And the same for us, the more we're having these conversations and hosting these community talks and things like that, we're able to make our voice and our case heard and amplified even more so. So I think we're going to start talking more about the summit in the coming weeks, but we also want to dial it back to this podcast on CSR and CSV. I remember you mentioned that. I think, yeah. Yeah. So going back to that idea, we mentioned it a lot on this podcast and you might be familiar with it as well. But just to recap the definition, at the summit, we were able to introduce the idea of creating shared value, which is defined as policies and practices that enhance the competitiveness the competitiveness of a company by improving the social and environmental conditions of the community around it. And this is very different from the idea of corporate social responsibility. And this is kind of the um, factor that we're finding businesses are taking on at the moment, which is fundamentally about taking resources from the business and investing it into the community, but not in a way that's producing lasting outcomes. So as somebody who's part of this entity, we wanted to ask you, what do you think it will take for corporations to move from the CSR mindset to a creating shared value mindset? I don't mean to oversimplify it, but putting a name to it is a great first step. Um, And what I mean by that is that, you know, I think there were some aspects of what I was already doing that was creating shared value but I didn't realize it. Um, So once I had a a label for what I was doing, I feel like I could lean into it even more, if that makes sense. Um, And then I could embrace it and then share about it more, giving it this this label, this nice little package um, with a definition. Um, I mean, this, you know, this campaign... This information campaign that you're on right now, I just I feel like it's half the battle. Um, you know, just even switching internally and stop even using the word corporate social responsibility. You know, I feel like is just a step in the right direction. Um, you have the name, you have the definition. Now it's go time. Yeah, I think that's something that we have definitely like dialed in on is in our. We have we have such a unique problem that we're dealing with because we have these three stakeholders that we are like in communication with, but also are the source, but also the solution to the our overall issue. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to advertise to blocks the most in the most in the most appropriate way to each of these stakeholders. So to the business community, that is CSR and CSV, because again, it is a business mentality and a business way of thinking, which helps businesses conceptualize what two blocks mm-hmm. actually means in their context because exactly. it's it's hard for us to come and say oh we like want you guys in the school they're not in business to teach students or to have students in their spaces learning mm-hmm. but we're trying to move to that but in a more corporate and like social way of saying oh well you can be doing this and it will be an additive to your business, but it's not going to affect you negatively. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start hearing education and businesses, those like red flags and those red lights start going off in people's heads of like, those are two separate things. You use education to get to these businesses. You don't use education and businesses to create something else. So that's some that like, it's it's almost like a Venn diagram, if you will. We're trying to approach that middle ground and really understanding that 
We're not trying to separate these causes, but rather integrate them so we can make sure that the businesses, the communities, and the school can all benefit from the solution and the overall outcome of two blocks and whatever may come from it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you are astute enough to speak the business lingo <laughs> is, is huge. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was what came to mind um, immediately. And you guys, of course, are way ahead of me. Thanks. I think if we go on to adjusting again, like those stakeholders, um, you we noticed that you've had experience as like a community relations manager at City Sprouts in your previous role. Um, and City Sprouts, I've had some experience with them in my elementary years, um, which utilizes the hands-on science learning uh, module through Urban Gardens. So based off of your experience and time at City Sprouts, how do you think Biomed can help promote experiential learning for students? We are in the business of space creation, whether that is a lab, something that, you know, truly benefits the community in a non, you know, professional sense. Um, And, you know, we are just going to have to continue to help break down those barriers. Um, And a lot of, you know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we can be used as a tool to connect students to our tenants. Um, You know, we have a wealth of tenants that we work with on a daily basis that we're building relationships with on our own. Um, So how can we kind of be that conduit between the two? Um, It's as straightforward as that, I think. I mean, yeah, easier yeah. to have fun, but it's 100%. <laughs> straightforward. Things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like you kind of said, being that conduit, being that connector between the resources that your corporation has and finding the way to utilize them for students in the school community is really what we're looking for at this point. And kind of like you said, you specialize in um, the creation of these spaces. So with that in mind, how do we create spaces for students to be in within the Kendall Square community Mm -hmm. and finding a way to make sure that every corporation recognizes and realizes the resources that they have and the impact that they could have on students around them and really the bigger, like larger Cambridge community around them. Having that in mind is, I think, what's going to lead to this change that we want to implement and making sure that this idea kind of sprouts on both sides of the spectrum and making sure that students know are looking for these experiential learning opportunities through the corporations and corporations are happy to provide them. Mm -hmm. what we need. Yeah. I think adding on to that, you guys are really on the physical side of, of this issue, which is really important just as much as the metaphorical and like the unseen or unspoken effects of this issue. Um, so I think you guys play a really, cr- excuse me, a crucial role in actually the implementation of how do we actually bring community in? How do we actually center students? How do we actually center like the overall general population and demographics who are not so predominantly seen or represented within Kendall Square? So I think you guys have a very critical role in fostering these spaces, but also holding these spaces accountable for doing what they need to do. Because it's really easy to go on a glass window and write community lab or community space. But what is actually going on in the inside? Again, just using those like, never judge a book from its cover. It may seem like something on the outside, but what is actually occurring on the inside? How are we staying accountable? How are we staying committed 
to ensuring community representation within these spaces. So I think you guys have a very big upper hand in this situation. And I mean, I think it, it really does go back to the idea of building just genuine relationships mm, um, yeah. and, you know, moving away from that transaction approach. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, like you said, I think the question really becomes how do we move away from a um, performative mindset and making sure that the relationships that we're building, the connections that we're able to create are actually having a lasting impact or creating actual value rather than just being kind of like a show of support that only happened once that only happens once and never continues. And I think that right now we really are working towards like at least in our two blocks um project, working towards action. So we want to make sure that we're able to really get in touch with both sides of um the spectrum that we're building, which we mentioned is the school community and the business community, and finding ways to connect them in like a literal and metaphorical sense and just making sure that our students are being able to be represented in this space. The space is benefiting with the help of the students and making an all round kind of like circle, if you will, like it doesn't stop. It keeps on going. So, yeah, I think with that said, we wanted to ask um, our last question. So to kind of end off this podcast, we always talk about how at the moment we're kind of facing a couple of obstacles when it comes to implementing the ideas that we like hope actually happens. So we wanted to ask you, what do you think is holding us back from moving forward to this kind of like ideal dream that we have? I just feel like you have to continue to get the word out. The interest is there. I mean, anyone who listens to you for more than five minutes <laughs> is excited. Um, so I, it's just really just continuing to build that network of internal champions. Um, not to repeat myself, but... And then I also just think sometimes adults just need to be told what to do. <laughs> you just have to tell us. Um, and we're going to start working. So... Yeah, I think that's really important. And it's interesting to me. And I always say this, it's like, when we're having like these discussions, where are the students? Like there isn't really a space and a place for us at the table when these discussions and these decisions are being made. So I think it's very interesting to me where it's like, we get it. You may be an adult, you may have been a child, you may have been a student, but you don't understand what it's like being a student in this day and age and how you can benefit and be the beneficiary of causes for students. So we really need to be at the center of that. And I don't, I think we need to move away again. We have adults trying to make decisions for students without actually like consulting students for their opinion or their intakes on these issues. So I think that's a really important piece. And I think we're definitely going to be continuing this conversation and we have been. So thank you for that. Yeah, great. Just to add on quickly, I love the phrase that you use, building an internal champion. Mm. I think that that really brings like into effect that here we are as students trying to kind of speak out to these businesses, reach out to them, trying to tell them why the like integration of the school community into the business community is a good thing and being able to build that so-called internal champion. I think I think it's just a beautiful phrase and I think yeah. it really like brings like articulates the idea that the ideas that we have and how we want to implement them in a way. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. Gosh, I think that's your idea though. I didn't I don't <laughs> think I created that. I feel I think I got that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're 
just a, a cycle. We, we, yeah. Whatever we say is what you say and whatever you say. Yeah. Is. So I think with that said, um, we wanted to know, Andrea, if you had any last comments or remarks before we close off today's episode. This was perfect. Thank you. I am excited to listen to the next podcast and see who else you bring on. Yes. So again, thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us today. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you.